Blair Johnson coming at you with another episode of Badass Records Podcast. You can catch new episodes Thursdays, uh, video over on YouTube, audio where you stream, or uh, catch both on the website, badassrecordspodcast.com. You can follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter. If you happen to go to that uh, URL, badassrecordspodcast.com, make sure you tap the merch tab. Uh, get yourself a beanie or a coffee mug or a sticker. Um, if you'd like to do an episode, um, I record live uh, in person um, with video. So uh, hit me up at badassrecordspodcast at gmail.com. It's badassrecordspodcast at gmail.com. Last but not least, uh, it's time to cast your votes for the pitches best of. Um, there's a podcast category uh, under the arts and entertainment umbrella, I believe. You can go to vote.thepitchkc.com. It's vote.thepitchkc.com, and you can nominate Badass Records Podcast through July 31st, I believe. Appreciate you stopping by. Hope you enjoy the show. So yeah, man, uh, this would be episode 76 of Badass Records Podcast and hanging with Jason Beers. Yeah. How's it going? Fantastic. Good. Fantastic. Appreciate you being here. Yeah. Um, especially, I mean, I know it's not like a, a blizzard or anything, but get, getting out <laughs> in heavy rain is, people are weird about driving. Oh, and yeah. There's, who, who knows how many I, pieces of trees are. I, I crossed a, a few large trees going, in, going yeah. down here. Yeah. It's... It's wild, yeah. Um, especially uh, considering after the ice storm of '02, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like the utility companies have been pretty vigilant to try and keep stuff trimmed to the best they. But I mean, when Mother Nature, yeah, wants to wants to do whatever <laughs> it wants to, yeah. So uh, we wound up connecting because uh, Jason Bice, yes, Jason Bice. Um, suggested that i reach out to you he did one of these mm-hmm. uh here for the music yep. and I, I i never did get a chance to go back and check out your episode mm-hmm. but he he had a run of you know 30 so oh yeah yeah he had a he had a really good run of those um very and, informative and now uh he's in chowk yes um i think i have dane Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know the other dudes in the, the band. Uh, the bass player. Yes. Right? I think he's yeah. on the books to do okay. one. Um, so, and then they're... I don't know who the drummer is. Right. But, but I bet they're, they're gigging already, I, I think. I think so, yeah. Once or twice, yeah. maybe. Yeah. I know they have some recorded music yeah. that I've heard. And... Um, speaking of, um, your band camp has <laughs> so much yeah, stuff on it. There's a lot of stuff on there. That's, it's really, yeah. really impressive. Yeah. And I... Uh, 90 plus releases going all the way back to September of 2001. Yes. Like that's when you uploaded that? Uh, yeah, that's when I first up- uploaded. Well, I don't know if I first uploaded that, but that maybe that's when the first album I put up on there. I mean, I, I recorded it in 2001. Wow. Anyways. Okay, so it'll let you yeah. choose. Yeah, you, you can go back and backdate. Okay, nice. 
Uh, so when did you become aware of Bandcamp's existence? Um, I'm not sure. I think may- maybe maybe Mike Stover, if you know him. Uh-uh. Anyways, he plays in Grizzly Hand and a okay. bunch of other uh, bands. I've played with him in several bands over the years. Um, he might have helped me to that. Okay. I'm thinking. I yeah. mean, pretty cool stuff. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Solo Clawhammer banjo gigs is one of the first pieces yeah. of verbiage that stuck out to me. <laughs> um, and I made a mental note to ask you what that meant, but I think by the time I was done, you know, diving in and out of stuff, it's it's a picking style. Is yeah, that... it's a it's a it's a strumming style. Strumming it's an style. older style of okay. banjo playing. Doesn't have anything to do with the instrument per se. No. But are, but there are different kinds of banjos. There are different okay. kinds of banjos, but this is primarily pr- people primarily play five string banjos and okay. not tenor banjos these days. But and um, and and what do you play? Uh, the, it's a five string. Okay, I have a five string long neck banjo, so it's it's super. I have giant monkey arms, so it's great because <laughs> it's like it's three frets longer. Um, so you can get a little lower and sure. a bunch of different sounds you don't usually hear on a banjo. Right. Um, how did you get into the banjo? Uh, my dad bought one for me at a, uh, like an outdoor flea market. He came home and he was like, well, I think, I think you should have a banjo. <laughs> and you were, I was like, cool. Okay. What age? Um, I don't know, maybe 17 or maybe a little older, maybe 20. Just on a whim surprised you with it yeah that's pretty cool oh yeah and you obviously took to it i did um i kind of flailed around on it for a while not really figuring out how i wanted to play it or how to play it right you know i didn't i wasn't really the scrug style finger picking the real fast bluegrass stuff yeah i can't stand oh (laughs) as a banjo player it's crazy because i I can't stand like 95 percent of banjo stuff that i hear i'm not really interested in bluegrass Okay. Stuff. Um, but so I kind of messed around with it for a little bit, and then I I found uh, I encountered an album, uh, a player Dwight Diller, yeah, who's one of the guys. That yeah. You. Um, I was like, oh man, this makes sense. This is what this is what banjo I like. <laughs> There's just like the, a good like a drive and a, a kind of a crazy rhythm to it. Okay. That kind of drew me to that. Well, we'll get into him yeah, a little yeah. bit, but um, I mean. Uh, and he's recently deceased, right? Yeah, yep. Earlier um, in the spring, this yeah, yeah. and uh, man, his I mean, it's got goosebumps. His web page oh, yeah. is like really impressive. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, cantankerous essays and whatnot on there, but it's cool because it it's like, cool, hey, yeah. this is what I want to do. This mm-hmm. is what I want to be. I don't mm-hmm. care what you know. He just didn't care, right? <laughs> um, his thing. So, are you born and raised in the area? Uh, in KCK. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And siblings? Uh, I have one sister. Okay. That's Becky. She's five years older than me. Okay. And uh, how did mom and dad meet? How did they meet? Yeah. They lived really close to each other. They okay. Went to, they went to two separate high schools, but the dividing line was like within a block. Oh, funny. <laughs> just so they, so they all, but we were like real close to there where they grew up. So it was like... Maybe within a mile, it was my grand, both sets of my grandparents and my where I was at. Okay, yeah. I am going to turn this bad boy on just real yeah. quick. Did yeah. uh, did they put on music? No. Oh, did they put on music? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, it was always on. What uh, what kind of stuff were they playing? Um, mostly the old, oldies, 
oldie station, which would have been like fifties and sixties rock at yeah. the time, um, and country, but they had a, uh, a magnificent record collection Ooh. of about of about maybe a hundred records, but it was all over the place, like uh, harmonicats, like harmonica trio, um, sound effects records, kind of what maybe you might consider like Muzak, uh, swinging bachelor pad music, like Ray Conniff, whatnot. Okay, okay, so that's. That's mostly what I was listening to. Is this growing uh, up as a youngster? Is this final collection still around? I have it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very nice. I have all those. Um, I was, I think it was just this past episode that isn't out yet, but um, I forget even how I landed on this. But uh, for me, uh, seventy one mm. WHB. Oh yeah, was what was on in my mom's yeah, car like all nonstop the time. and. Uh, I always thought that those were like the call letters. Yeah. Do you know what it stands for? WHB. Yeah. I have no idea. World's Happiest Broadcasters. Really? <laughs> <laughs> so random and, and funny and kind of kind of tracks. I mean, there's a lot a lot of feel good yeah. in the oldies genre. Yeah, that's. Uh, so okay, sister, mom, and dad would. Li- all right, um, and then. But, but no one, nobody played. No one instrument. played instrument. Right. My sister a little bit, like kind of dabbled in guitar and okay. violin briefly, but that was it. Yeah. And so then was the banjo at 17 your first? No, oh. my, my first was uh, kind of a keyboardy instrument um, and trumpet. Oh, wow. Um, but I the, mostly, it was my best friend since kindergarten, Jeremy. He played guitar a little bit, so that was kind of the... It's like, well, if Jeremy's playing guitar, I should start playing something too, you know, right. just for something to do. Yeah, um, and that's kind of been the the big impetus of me um, playing music is right. mostly just through him. Right. Nice. Yeah. Um, so before, uh, outside of your list, was there an album that either you heard at home or via a friend or your sister that you first fell in love with, or that you first acquired to sort oh. of start your own collection? Yeah. The Kingsman, they did Louie Louie. Yeah. And it was a great album that had, it was live, but it was overdubbed uh, crowd noises. Okay. You know, interesting. Yeah. Um, That's one that really stood out. That makes me think of, uh, is that what plays in the intro to Splash? Where, I don't know. Um, jo- John Candlin, young John Candy is dropping coins on the deck so he can oh, look up. I, it's, it's, uh, the last time I saw Splash was at the movie theater. So oh, I remember <laughs> that. <laughs> Well, great tune regardless. Yeah. Uh, how about first show? First show was either, uh, they were close together. It was Joe Walsh mm. or it was the Circle Jerks in seven seconds. So kind of what wide yeah, yeah. <laughs> split there, but they were around the same time. Like so, like James Gang or Solo Joe Walsh? No, it was a Solo Joe Walsh. Interesting. Yeah. Where it's would those? Sandstone. Okay, yeah. And then the other one was at the Uptown Theater. Okay. Yeah. How long has the Uptown been around? Uh, quite a quite a while. More than twenty five years. Oh yeah, easily. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Probably, uh, maybe early eighties and seriously back before then. That for for all I know, you know. Wow, I had no idea. I, I, I yeah. kind of grew up in and around here, but I I was out, you know, living elsewhere a couple different times. But I moved back in mm-hmm. two thousand as an adult, mm-hmm. and 
had not really explored the Missouri side yeah. that much at the time and was like, oh, the Madrid, the F-Town, yeah. like, these must be new. You know? <laughs> nope, I just was not aware. No, there was a, um, my uh, girlfriend went to several shows at the Uptown, I think, like, possibly U2, NXS, like some, you know, huge name bands now that wow. were there. Yeah. Man. That was one of the places to go if you were a, an 80s rock star tertiary level band you know (laughs) at the time right yeah so um trumpet and what was the other trumpet and i had this it was like it was a chord organ so it was sort of like accordion chords over here and then a a keyboard you could play interesting magnus is what the brand it was you still see those every once in a while and then you get a banjo at 17 well before the before the banjo i got a guitar okay um and then moved on to bass Nice. I started getting interested in that, which is now what I consider my main instrument. Is oh, really? Guitar. Yeah. So you said you were gigging in Lawrence last night. I was playing bass. Playing bass. Yeah. Uh, electric. Uh, uh, well, a, a ukulele bass. I don't know what that which means. Which is like a, it's a, a, lar- a, a slightly larger ukulele looking instrument and it has big rubber, like silicone strings. And it sounds awful until you plug it in and it sounds like an upright Really, like an upright bass, yeah. So but it's get... fret, it's fretless. Um, you have to put baby powder on your your fingers, or the strings get, and get sticky from the sweat and grime. On sure, fingers, yeah. Wow, but it's, so you it's, get the it's a surprising sound. There was someone there yesterday or last night when they they popped by and they were walking in. I was like, oh man, someone's playing upright bass, and then they were like, came in and like, well, there's no upright bass <laughs> yeah. here, you know. So you get the 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 Good beautiful old... sound of the upright, yes. but. You get it travels further. It travels further, and it's it's you know t- two pounds. Oh right, <laughs> it's right. a little small sucker. Yeah. Um. So when would have been your first gig of any kind? Mm. That would have been my first band. We were called the Deaf Mutes. Really? And uh, it was sort of like just basic crazy teenage punk rock stuff. Still um, in high school or post? still in high school? Okay. Yeah. Um. Man, the first, it might have been just some, like, parties or something. Sure, I think. yeah. 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 Um, man, that's a long, Par- long Parties, time. and I remember one particular gig we played at the, uh, which is now the Remape Buddhist Temple, right over on West Penway. Okay. Uh, that used to be called the Tribal Textile Gallery way back when wild and we played that was a f- one of the first shows i remember in like kansas city missouri uh-huh um yeah it was kind of kind of a kooky what deal. uh what area of kck did you grow up in uh wellburn area um it's like like six, six, 635 and uh parallel okay right off the highway yeah yeah that area okay um love north road yeah mm-hmm. interesting uh it's it's weird over there there's uh pockets of like you know very urban feel and then mm-hmm. in in a blink of an eye it can be just trees yeah and not a whole heck of a lot beyond yep. the, the freeway yeah. or whatever it's, it's cool over there yeah like it, um a lot of different big diversity absolutely like yes. and i worked at the grocery store that was over on 55th Longworth road and it was like every type of person came in there even back then even back then wow oh yeah that's crazy. Um, well, uh, I'd like to move into your list if that's okay. Um, which is uh, a great list. Um, (laughs) and, 
typically I'll just roll through these in uh, chronological order of release yeah. date, uh, which kicks us off with uh, self-titled Doors. Um, and it, it I, mm. I overlooked it like at first. Oh yeah. Um, I yeah. was, you know, my eye was drawn to the unfamiliar <laughs> names, mm-hmm. and maybe this one was at the end of the of your list, which was and and like. I think you wrote S slash T, and I was like, oh, self-titled. self-titled. Yeah. yeah. And then I was like, well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And then I went back. I, I was a long, long oh, yeah. time tape pulled out. <laughs> and I went back to that and, and uh, got, I mean, obviously, um, they, they're, in, what did they put out? Six? They put out six records. Yeah. All of them have, um, you know, for me, points of appeal of their own, but this one, like front to back, is was perfect, right? <laughs> it's well, uh, the, now the one of the things that really drew me to them. I I got this album uh, probably at a garage sale, okay, when I was yeah, maybe fourteen, okay. thirteen or so. Um, but this the 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 wide range of musical styles that are incorporated in this and I ended up buying a uh, Doors complete music book with the sheet music and stuff and so I kind of sought out from there and that's I learned a lot about playing music <laughs> through listening to them especially I always tell people my one of my biggest bass influences is Raymond Zarek's left hand <laughs> you know you raised the key player yeah, right yeah because he had the little Fender Fender Rhodes bass situation on top of his his organ that he had, and that's what he played. They played bass. I mean, they had a bass player on the records, right? But live, they didn't. Um, right, and the bass player just doubled up what he was doing. Huh. So yeah, uh, a, a lot of phrasing and stuff, and other bands that I'm in. You can probably, if you wanted to, you could pick it out. It's like, oh, the, like there's a, a band, Dead Voices, I was in for a while. Huh. And it's like, yeah, that's definitely a, a Doors bass line. Nice. <laughs> Um, I'm drawing a blank. It's uh, Raymond Zarek, Robbie Krieger, John Densmore. Was John the Densmore, right yeah. now. This is this one uh, was their it's their debut. Yeah, uh, eleven tracks, forty five minutes. Um, the second Doors album to appear on an episode here, I believe. Morrison Hotel was the oh, other. Oh yeah, and um, I love these guys. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and and I mean, this is 1967, and this they've is got pretty wild stuff. They've got 1967. Uh, the closer to side one and the mm. closer to side two are like way oh, yeah. in my uh, in my <laughs> uninformed uh, opinion way longer uh, track lengths than folks are putting out. Oh yeah, it, absolutely. It, well, they had a radio edit of "Light My Fire." That sure, was like sure. Three minutes. But. Um, but just have always felt, um, you know. Uh, sort of the textbook definition of groovy to me, yeah. like their, their vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've mentioned this a, a bunch of times, but, uh, I don't know if you, did you ever watch family ties? Uh, I have. Okay. Yeah. Um, so there was an episode that, um, Alex P Keaton's mm-hmm. best friend killed himself. Oh yeah. And the whole episode that. was about Alex's grieving his uh-huh. loss and their, uh, t- their, favorite tune together mm-hmm. was light my fire oh yeah and so there's this whole like kind of montage of mm-hmm. him like air jamming and thinking of his yeah. friend very intense yeah, yeah. stuff for i mean yeah for a young person mm-hmm. at the time um but so is it because this one is as as we said perfect that it that it makes your list 
yeah, it's just it's perfect. It was hugely influential on me and the the music. Um, mostly, mostly, I was drawn to like the the whole overarching overarching thing of of them. It's, it's hard. Some people go to the Doors because they think Jim Morrison's this fantastic poet. I think that's not true, <laughs> in my opinion. But it you take any of those elements out and it's awful but together it was like it just works that's exactly where i was going with this in in that um obviously uh the face and the name and the persona and the energy and the wildness and the arrest all that stuff but i think personally uh that you could uh it'd have to be somebody with pipes but i Mm. think you could pull Morrison out and plug somebody else in yeah. and the band's probably just as good yeah. but if you do it with any of the three musicians well I have I have the the two albums they put out after he died oh right right um, and they're really good okay but there's something missing you know and it's his his voice interesting <laughs> it was a unique voice yeah um, how about the film did you uh, I watched it. it it was okay just okay. Yeah. Didn't I think it was I think it was mostly based on the Danny Sugarman uh of the uh, No One Gets Out of Here Alive book. Is that, is he that wrote. a biography? It's a biography. Okay. Kind of. Um but it was okay. Now did the biography have an angle or was it trying to be objective? It was, no, it was mostly the Danny Sugarman was he was like a sort of a roadie manager or whatever hanger on. I guess of the band, and he was like a young kid too at the time. Um, I kind of felt like that's. I read that book, and I kind of felt that the movie was very similar. So it's that. just kind of through his lens yeah. of things. Yeah. And, okay. I don't think it was too much through the doors. It was. I don't know. Like music biopic things, I generally don't like. Okay. <laughs> well, walk the line has come up in the last couple or three episodes. That so. one's. Yeah the the Johnny Cash one. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I don't. I can't do that one. No, you didn't even. Yeah. You never even I saw never it. Watched it. Oh wow! Yeah, because I was like, I know exactly what's going to happen. Why? Why did you know that? Just because I've seen so many biopics. Okay, that, that I'm just done with them. <laughs> so I thought it was fast. I mean, I didn't know some of the darker stuff per se, mm-hmm. but I came out of there like I went into it feeling like I'm going to come out of this Johnny Cash yeah. scholar mm-hmm. and student, and I came out of it being like, did you want me to not like him? Yeah, S- significantly <laughs> more than before. Because that was yeah the t- anyway, um, so going from 1967 uh, to 1986, raging full on oh yeah fire hose that was definitely which su- surprised me in a a big way because I thought this was going to be really heavy. Well, you'd think so from the uh, the pro- that's a project doorstep is what that is the nuclear the atomic bomb testing. Well, I th- I uh, just had always had it in my mind that they were super heavy, but they're oh yeah they're not. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I also it it was relatively recently uh, like this idea of Mike Watt mm-hmm. it was always just kind of out here, and I never really had anything to tie it down mm. until somebody had a minimum, the minimum, or yeah. double nickels Probably on the dime. Nickels, yeah. um, and then I, you know, started nosing around in Firehouse. I was like, oh, this is not. And then I sat down to listen to this. Very enjoyable. Oh, yeah. Uh, I still, I didn't, I meant to look, and I never did. Um, 
why have they always done a lowercase f and then all cat just to be the exact opposite? Probably. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, this is first of five for them. Uh, 33 minutes, 14 tracks, a short one, just short like ones. double nickels, yeah. even if as a double mm -hmm. record. Um, yeah. Love, love so everything I've ever just peeked at Mike Watt wise mm -hmm. has been impressive. Um, and you know, this one, uh, like all their records dedicated to D Boone yeah. of, uh, Minutemen. But, uh, how did, how did these guys wind up in your lap? Um, I heard, uh, let's see, what would that have been? Chemical Wire was the first song I heard, um, from them on, uh, KKFI. Oh. Uh, it used to be, uh, Ann Winter and Tim Kearns had a, sh a great show back in the uh, late eighties. That I would listen to every every week. Okay, it was on Thursday nights. Um, but they played that, and it was just mentioned that oh, it was Firehose, and I was like, oh heck, you know. And so it was always on my radar, and I, I eventually found the cassette of it. Yeah, um, and loved it. It was just the squirrely, uh, the bass sound is insane. It sounds like a fretless bass at times and okay. like almost like a tuba at times interesting to me um and just it's it's definitely with ed from ohio ed crawford in the band they were definitely poppier mm -hmm. folkier i think okay um a little more accessible to me at the time than the minutemen kick i mean kk5 is still around oh yeah right? oh yeah 90.1 yeah 90.1 yep yep and how long was their show around Tim and Annie's probably, uh, I don't know, maybe like four years, okay. three years. And this would have been This would have been late, late 80s. I would have been late teens. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I'm a 74 baby, are you? Okay, 72. 72, okay, yeah. right on. Wow, that's cool stuff. Uh, what about um, the rest of their stuff? Oh, I love it. It's All great. of it? Yeah. Okay, but yeah. this one is be it just it, hit you first? That was the, it was the one that hit me first. Okay. I think, I think it's, it's just a little... Raw, raw. I can't even say that <laughs> word. More raw. Yes. Um. And it was just it was it was intense. It was like a, a, a kick in the groin, I guess. Kind of right. like hearing this. Like what what is going on here? There's like these squirrely arrangements, you know, coming from, you know, mostly rock or like or uh like pop music kind of stuff from the '60s and '70s. But um, it's like oh, here's some. Like like the Minutemen and and the bands that influenced them, Wire and the Fall and stuff. Here's some songs without a chorus or right. a designated verse chorus. You know, they're just playing through it. Um, somebody many many moons ago had a uh, Pink Flag. Yeah, Wire. that's a great album. Yeah, I was like, yeah. what is this? <laughs> incredible, mm -hmm. and it's like uh, sort of structureless and mm -hmm. genreless and. I don't. I still don't even know. It was so appealing to yeah. me. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. What about other Mike Watt projects? Um, well, yeah, the uh, you know all of his solo stuff. I've I've generally enjoyed. There's some. There's something. The MSSV. They came with this guy Mike Baguetta. Okay. Um, they came through town a couple years ago. Uh, sort of a wackadoodle uh, guitar player in the the Nels Klein sort of world. Like roll out there jazzy stuff. Interesting. Um, just about everything he's he's put out. I've, there's he's something been associated with that. There's so much of it. There, yeah. There's the, there's something that uh, he put out that has, um, a, but like a bunch of different 
Oh yeah, ball hog or tugboat. That one, that one. Yeah, yes. that was great. That one's wild. Yeah, um, oh, yeah. very cool. Like mm-hmm. I'm not sure what's happening with the title of that, but <laughs> <laughs> well, are, are you are you are you are you hogging the ball? As, as a, he's the the main guy, the bass player in it, right? So he's on every track. Is he is he the ball hog or is he the tugboat? Is he, the is, line. He, is he towing? Is he is he getting everyone in the okay, line? Okay, perfect. You know that's now that's no that's longer. A, that's a that's a that's a eternal thing that you have to struggle with as a bass player. You know you don't want to be you want to guide everything or be the you know the the foundation, but you want to stretch out a little bit. Yeah. But you don't want to you don't want to get in the spotlight, sure. You know, because it takes away from the song. Generally, like ninety nine percent of the time, you do that. <laughs> but that, I mean, that was that, that was that was a crazy record. And I, I saw the I was at the uh, show at the Bottleneck uh, where he played that, and it was like it was Eddie Vedder and Dave Grohl and Pat Smear was his backing band, and the Foo Fighters played before that. And wow, then Eddie Vedder and his I think his wife, maybe Hovercraft was the name of the band. When would that have been? That would have been 95, 96. Was it packed? So. Oh, yeah. 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 Good show. It was fantastic. Wow. Yeah. Nice. And Dave and Dave Grohl, I'm not a big Foo Fighters fan, but man, like being whatever, 15 feet in front of him while he's playing drums, that guy's an intense drummer. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and seemingly from a distance, uh, a super cool human being. Yeah, like it seems like anything mm-hmm. that he's near or oh, yeah. part of, it's like, oh, I, I like yeah. that. That's yeah. good stuff. <laughs> um, so a short leap ahead to 1989. Wrong. No means no. Um, this one uh, you did uh, <laughs> you did offer uh, Dropbox. Yeah. Um, I was the only place I was able to find it was mm-hmm. on YouTube mm-hmm. as a full album. Yep. Um, this is uh, fourth of ten for them. Eleven tracks, thirty nine minutes. Never heard of them before, uh, but the Wikiland consensus consensus appears to be that this was their best record. How did you discover them? And- so, uh, the same show, uh, the Tim and Annie show on KKFI. Really? Yep. Um, I think it was actually tire uh stock taking was the song that they played. Okay. <clears throat> and they have, they had played some other songs by them that I found out later that was by them. I okay. No you know, it's like, oh it's the same band, cool. Their show you said was Thursday evening. It evenings? was like Thursday evenings. Okay. Yep. So I mean there's not not a whole lot from this record that would be that you would expect would be on the airwaves before yeah. dark. Yeah, yeah. It's pr- pretty <laughs> aggressive. Um and it was it was that was a tough uh, tough listen to not I don't mm-hmm. I don't know what not to not have it like broken down by track mm-hmm. you know um, but uh, what about uh, so you discovered them via that same show same show um, and is it uh, is it making your list because it's the first first you had heard of them or uh, it's just that they're one of my favorite bands um, and I don't know what I can say about this. Uh, it was just a, the same thing, just intense, um, berserk musicianship, <laughs> which is is great. And and at the same time, I don't really care about that sometimes <laughs> in the music because like you can be well, not technically, I guess, technical oh, musicianship. Okay, yeah, you know, right. You know, that's not the be end end all of of, of anything. Right, be all end all. Um, but these guys are all like phenomenal players. There's two brothers, yeah, the drummer and the uh, bass player. Um, 
Andy, the guitar player, they ended up getting another, he, he left the band at, at one point and they, they got another guitar player. Oh, um, this is equally as fantastic. Um, yeah, I listen to them quite a bit. I'm, I've, I'm a big fan of, there's a, a, a podcast that there's these three folks that are trying to go through every no means no song and figure out which is the best song. So they're all in these like kind of little round robin uh, tournament <laughs> brackets. I guess. Oh wow! You, them, you know, and going they go, they going go through, through every deep dive through everything lyrically, musically, whatever. How kind of, often does it air? Um, I think they're they're maybe around fiftieth episode. Or okay, so so, so now they've they've gone through all the songs and the the winners of those they're pitting those against each other. Oh, for now. real? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's fantastic. Wow. Um, so they, I mean, t- it's the, it's the no means no th- nothing podcast. I think it's called, huh? No thing. Anyways. I'll so think. when they get through round two, like uh, the, the winners will, face and then the all new, the winners will face the new ones and they'll eventually needle it down. Yeah. So to the best know, no the, means yeah, no song of yeah. all time. And I already know what one it is. It's you do? The, well, that for me, it's that's the same one. The first <laughs> one I heard is stock taking. I think it's the best song on there. Nice. Well, yeah. what do you suspect they will do once they have a winner? <sighs> start a new project? Probably or? start a new project. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how did you come across that podcast? Um, just maybe on Facebook okay. or something through like another No Means No group. Right. Oh, yeah. funny. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, man. That's... Uh, it's it's an, in, it's an intense album. It it's is. A, very intense. Yeah. And I'm still like... Like there's some, there's a lot of stuff out there that uh, I almost with certainty go to a streaming service mm-hmm. or whatever, and and I'm surprised to find it, but not this one. Yeah, I mean, and in fact, I don't think any of their stuff. There's there's a there's a like a best of album um, on Spotify. Anyways. Okay, um, maybe one or two other oddball songs or huh. something, but none of, the, none of their albums are on there. Uh, the was was there ever a best of release? Or did somebody? Yeah, no, it was it was a, a best of release. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, yeah. huh? But they, it's it's the same thing. If you can, you probably all these albums you can go through all these, and the common thread is that they have a they have a sound to them, and they're but they're if they want to go off and do some bossa nova song or whatever they're gonna do it and it's gonna sound like that band yeah that's that's what's attracted me to a lot okay of, a lot of okay. bands that i really like cool um so we go from 89 there uh to 2028 big ones bill doggett um this was <laughs> absolutely phenomenal let's see here 81 singles 33 eps four 10 inch lps and uh 15 12 inch lps which is just it's a a larger record that has a little bit more time on Mm -hmm. it the 12 versus the 10 Mm -hmm. um i first put it on another movie reference i first put it on it sounds like uh marvin berry and the starlighters which is the the band from (laughs) the enchantment under the sea dance and back to the future Mm -hmm. Uh, very crisp sound, uh, clean, precise instrumentation, um, and if I'm being honest, a very warm welcome to my ears after yeah. no means no. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, okay. Well, Bill Doggett was, he was Ella Fitzgerald's band leader for a while. Okay. Um, Lucky Melinder, uh, played with a ton of people, one of the first, uh, 
guys to play a Hammond organ in a like a jazz Ooh. setting. Okay, for sure. Interesting. You know, Wild Bill Davis was the other guy. Um, f- phenomenal musician. Um, and the cool thing is he's so he's the band leader. There's songs on here. Honky Tonk Part One is probably his most famous. Yeah. Song. Yep. There's a lot of songs. You can't even hear the organ. That, well, I, I mean, this one has, uh, let's see here. I didn't even write down how many tracks. Oh, 28, yeah, obviously, 20, yeah. 28. But it was, <laughs> I, I swear, I was like a quarter of the way through the record. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, did I read that wrong, that he's the organ player? <laughs> and this is his his name on the album, yeah. you know? And mm-hmm. then and then kind of half, then then it's there. Yeah. But er, a lot of the yeah. early, anyway. But um, it's just, it just it's com- totally selfless band leader you know yeah i mean you can hear the organ in there but it's it's roll in the background he's just kind of guiding the song along um but then there are albums where he does the organ is very prominent mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um wow would be one of my favorite ones from that it's kind of solo thing. and he plays just as uh, crazy as like jimmy smith okay whatever. yeah cool as in yeah. like back like, at the chicken shack yeah, jimmy yeah. smith nice um so the credit listing confused me a little bit um, <laughs> because it's got a ton of people, mm. but uh, noteworthy includes Count Basie, Bing Crosby, Duke Ellington, uh, uh, Jerry Livingston, and, and I think they're all listed as composers. Mm. What does that mean? Well, they they wrote the songs. Okay, but, but they're not like they're not playing on that. Okay. Um. So so they're covers in a sense. Uh, some of these, or, but or they wrote good, the songs a, for his outfit to play. They wrote the songs not particularly for his outfit oh, to I play. See. Um, he wrote a lot of a lot of songs, so I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, how how did he? How did you discover him? Uh, I always knew Honky Tonk Part One and Part Two. Okay, just from being on the on WHB or whatever, sure, sure. Know, or in yeah. different movies. Um, and then I uh, was driving to. St. Louis one time and they stopped at a like a little truck stop and bought this cassette. Nice. <laughs> um and listened to it on the way back and I was just kind of blown away at Absolutely. The, the depth of of material, you know. And this if I think if I could get to like my favorite genre of music or something it would be like 50s, 60s novelty jazz instrumentals. <laughs> I mean, so th- this guy is excels in that. Sure. You know, right? Um there's um you know, uh, especially in my younger days, I really really loved road trips. Yeah. Um like no drive length was mm-hmm. too intimidating um <laughs> and it was always just, you know, the excitement of the journey and so on and so forth. Um now, uh, longer trips, I've, I've got to break them up, you yeah. know, stay the night somewhere or whatever. But a short trip, like two hours, four hours, um, there's something, especially with the way that technology and devices, um, mm. you know, it's sort of forced to unplug yeah, and, yeah. And, and like have some alone mm. thinking time the way that I think we're supposed to yeah. do yeah. often, probably mm. don't do it often enough. Um, but I can imagine if I snagged that on a whim, like the, the rest of the drive would just be you know, oh, yeah. like that yeah, because it was. you're kind of in this, you know, yep. euphoric, mm-hmm. um, thrill kind of, I mean, I have to believe that yeah. was, 
um such such good stuff um what uh beyond this one have have you have you looked at any of his uh, I have uh, several Bill Doggett okay. LPs, all equally joyful. Or um, yeah, there's 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 some where he definitely played trying to sell music to the the square, whatever quote unquote like 1950s housewives or something with just mm. like real, real gentle. Okay, okay, organ background music sure. kind of thing, you know. Um, but he was, I would say, definitely he's. I, I play organ and piano keyboardy stuff definitely like a big huge influence because there's not a wasted note in any of us no <laughs> which i've trying to learn to do that you know? <laughs> right. um yeah he's he's a he's a big one man i think I, I think it was just yesterday i saw a meme on instagram or something and it was like a bass player trying to explain to somebody else it's the notes you don't play man yeah. and the other person oh, just yeah. being like i don't I, <laughs> you know yeah. what does that mean <laughs> Um, so skip a little bit further ahead, 2015, O Death, Dwight Diller, oh, yeah. who, um, we mentioned just a little bit ago, yep. uh, oh, seven man. of 11, 20 tracks, roughly 55 minutes. The only place I could find this is on his band camp, mm -hmm. um, which you get a track listing and track lengths for each track, but yeah. you don't get a total running time. Yeah. Um, as we mentioned, passed away in February, uh, West Virginia Mountain Music. Yeah. Uh, did we already talk about how you discovered him? Um, no, he was, uh, my friend Jim Curley had a, a shop called the Mountain Music Shop over in Shawnee. Okay. And he was like, he's like, man, Jason, you got to listen to this. <laughs> I was just kind of figuring out what i wanted to do on banjo or right they're like or getting an inkling and then i heard this and it was all over it clicked it clicked nice. I was like this is this is enjoyable banjo music i don't even know if it's banjo music it's just there's something to it it's just the 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 drive the rhythm um well not it, showy no at all it doesn't i mean it almost in it's the, real in a similar primal in a similar sense to some of those bill doggett tracks mm -hmm. it's like it doesn't stand out like the the banjo yeah. bluegrass. And then there's some where he's, he's playing, he's just playing fiddle. Oh right, yeah, just yeah, by yeah. himself, yeah. you yeah. know. But this the there's a really funny thing on here. There's, there's the uh, the little thing on here. It says caution: squeaky fiddle contained herein has caused a grinding down of molars in many listeners. In a few <laughs> celebrated rare cases, listeners have been known to become addicted. Be forewarned. Yeah, that's very true. So when. Uh, when he turned you on to this, how, how did you have? How did you have it? I mean, it wasn't the internet. I mean, no, it was a, a cassette. Okay, um, and it was just one. I've 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 figured out how to play all these songs nice. now. And very, this is maybe Dwight Diller might be the closest stylistic that I played banjo. Like, it's, there's a there's another guy, Hank Tilbury, in town. Okay, that. I kind of discovered on SoundCloud. Interesting. That's that's has since gone on to become a good friend of mine. Oh wow! Um, but it was like something I drew. I was like, oh my god, this guy's like trying. He's getting into the same territory that I enjoy playing the banjo. You know. Um. So I would be. Do you still have the cassette? Oh yeah. I would be. Curious. I have two of them just in case. Do you really? And I digitized it. Oh wow! So, um. So in the track listing, uh, Polly appears mm. twice is that the case on your cassette do you know 
and it's the same running length and as no it's it's only on there once yeah they, might have, they just doubled it up on the band camp yeah, right <laughs> yeah someone made a mistake because it was like you know the first 45 seconds of the second appearance of it mm-hmm. i was like now this is the same track and i skipped ahead a little bit mm-hmm. and i was like now it feels a little different or i'm misremembering <laughs> yeah. i'm not sure which um so uh other stuff of his uh yeah i have a a, a good number of albums of, of his that are okay. that are very very similar sounding this one is maybe the more the most like primal like a feral yeah well it feels like uh i'm on a front porch yeah and he Uh, was he was uh he moved in with and was close to the hammonds family they're all over those essays yeah yeah um who were just they played music and then like i think the main guy like the the patriarch of the hammonds family he i don't even think he played for a good number of years and then he was like yeah whatever um but he dwight went and studied with them um and he's he's a traditionalist for sure you know you read his essays is like well there's just the way you play it is this way you have to and he's he gets in this kind of like esoteric uh areas it's like you got to feel the the music of the hill or where you grew up at yeah whatever like that you know yeah that's i maybe (laughs) i mean there could be something to that so in in looking at those essays and reading them um i felt a a a draw or a pull to this idea of upine y-e-w um and like it i kept thinking that it was uh sort of like what you're just saying mm-hmm. they're like a like a region or an area that would sort of ground you and maybe drive mm-hmm. the way that you play mm-hmm. but if i look up upine it's just giving me a kind yeah, of tree tree yeah and not so i i never found well those trees are in that area it's i, I thought they, it i as. thought it was saying they were like japanese or oh. something or <laughs> on a different continent somewhere uh-huh. so I, I never did get to the end of that mm. mystery but very uh intriguing and appealing story the way yeah. the whole site is put together and mm. um really cool stuff he was he was he he put on some like banjo camps and stuff mm. uh that i never got out to go see right but, um or experience, I guess. Um, so, I, I, I mean, back to your band camp. Um, t- talk to me about the process of, you know, writing, recording, and ultimately mm. uploading. Like, is it always different, or do you have mm. a path that you follow? No, I don't know. It's 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 kind of just on a whim, or just seeing what sticks. Mostly, okay. um, some albums are just have come out of just kind of a jokey thing like oh yeah you're, you're gonna you're gonna make this album in whatever 24 hours i'm like okay i will you know? <laughs> or like or a specific instrument there's a there's a, a slide whistle album on there okay um a, a lot of those well, a lot of them maybe half are in a universe i've kind of created quilt records which is like an homage to, I love like crappy budget label albums, <laughs> like that you just find at thrift stores, crown, oh. like Crown Records, whatever. Um, they're mostly instrumental and just wild stuff. You know, if there's like a, a record that's 
uh, banjos, flute, and bongos or whatever, huh. you know. So I'm like, man, this is kind of what I want to hear. I'm not hearing this now. I'm going to make it. <laughs> right? Right. So, uh, you know, does each... I got to imagine every song that you write, has, you know, it's a, there's a different uh, time that it mm-hmm. takes to write a song. Like, oh, there's not a yeah. formula. Like, yeah. some probably happen quick, and some most, maybe you work on of, for... Most of them are fast. Okay. Yeah, I, I generally don't work on a bunch of songs at the, the same time. It's just one at a time. Okay. Yeah. Now, when you've written a song, uh, what is the... Is there a moment where you go, I'm ready to record this? Uh, it's pretty much instant. It, I write something. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of know what I want. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this down. Okay. <laughs> so where are you recording? Uh, at home. Okay. Yeah. And what is? Tell me about your setup. Uh, it's a, a Tascam. I don't know what it is. DP twenty four SD or something like that. It records on an SD card, but it's not like a Pro Tool thing where there's a screen in front of me that I have to like use a mouse it's it's very tactile mm-hmm. with still knobs mm-hmm. and whatever yeah. i just kind of grew up doing so i kind of into that um that i have you know keyboard guitar bass so you put all the parts I put in. all put all the parts together are are, yeah. are there drums in any there are some drums yeah. in there but I'm, I'm using i'm altering sometimes i'm playing a little bit of live percussion not a drum set per se but I figured out how to use their drum sounds on the keyboard sure. with altering them with com- compression and a crazy amounts of reverb, which I love, um, and just uh, distortion, whatever, you know, just to get that sound exactly how it and I can. And I've been able to, to nail down whatever sound I've wanted so cool. far. But I'm playing, you know, finger drums <laughs> like this. Yes. Overdubbing, you know, a ride symbol for a while, yeah. or you know. So where in your home is this? Is it's this up in the there's a, it's the office room, and okay. it's only called the office room because the printer is up there. Oh, nice! <laughs> but um, it's just a little, a little, a little, little section of the room, yeah. and all your stuff is in there. Yeah, and I mean, does sound travel to the rest of the house? No, not really. Really? Not that I not that I know of. Right. Yeah. So I mean, you have uh, a full time gig and mm. uh, a, a partner. Mm. Um, so you're able to carve out time to go yeah. in there, and and you're you have full license to go yeah. and, and write, and record, nuts. and tinker. And oh yeah. Yep. Be uh, quote unquote left alone mm. to do your thing. And, oh yeah. Uh, and have support. Hmm. Um. So, what about the artwork for everything you put up there? Uh, I mostly do those. Uh, there's a there's a couple I've I've farmed out to some other people. Okay. Uh, that the aforementioned Hank Tolberry, he's mm-hmm. done a couple. Uh, Who gave you? Did he give you Bill Doggett? No, he, he no. That's uh, this is a guy that played banjo. That oh, I discovered on SoundCloud. Okay. okay. Um, he's done a couple uh, the the artworks. Um, to some other other friends but mostly mostly myself okay those together yeah um and do you uh, I, I don't think Bandcamp offers you in your under under one's music mm-hmm. tab the ability to differentiate between singles eps and lps is that i don't know it, but it, it the, the way it is for you yeah. is fine it doesn't yeah it doesn't, doesn't bother okay. me at all yeah. okay yeah there's some singles on there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And uh, I think I saw one or two things that had like a couple tracks, yeah. you know, like a B side yeah. or something like yeah. that. 
Very cool. Um, so how about um, uh, last night? Tell, tell me uh, venue, band name, and instrument. Oh, I was at the Gaslight in Lawrence, in North Lawrence, mm-hmm. uh, with the Ants. The Ants. It was uh, just about all my f- my favorite bands in the area. I've somehow figured a, a way to wurzel into that band. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> um, Scott Harabko. Is a phenomenal singer songwriter. Reminds me of like if Nick Lowe had grew up in the Midwest, maybe. Um, so I've gotten to record with him quite a bit. Um, Freight Train Rabbit Killer. I play bass with. They're kind of like a, a doom rock rootsy band, I guess. Um, the Ants which I play bass in mm-hmm. and that was like the, the dream band for me in the area. They've been around for 20 some years. Okay. Um, I think this is the 10th album is the last one we put out. Okay. Um, and it's sort of p- p- like pavement indie rock. Oh wow. Uh, meets kind of folky and, and, uh, with a strong kind of rock sensibility. Nice. Maybe. I don't know. But when you're gigging out, you're, you're either playing bass with an outfit or you're doing claw hammer banjo mm-hmm. gigs yep. solo. Yeah. And, and do you, is, is like, you know, advertising or announcing those things on social media or whatever, like a thing that has value or importance? I don't know. To you? I don't know. Not really. Okay. So <laughs> how, I mean, it's good to put, you know, butts in the seats or whatever, yeah, you know? Yeah. But I mean, uh, it seems like, uh, and t- tell me if I'm wrong, like there, there is not an interest per se in this growth. It's just doing it. Yeah, I just got to right? do it. Yeah. Um, but so do you? I mean, like, how long did you know about this last night's gig? How much lead time did you have? A mm, couple months. Couple months. And maybe. so did you? Look, I put some. I put some you stuff put on stuff social up. media. Okay. Yeah. Um, and does it seem like you get? Are people? I don't think so. No. I don't think. Yeah, it's mostly word of mouth. Okay. I think is what you said last night was packed. It was packed, yeah. But the ants have been gigging. Well, they, for, yeah, they've been around for a while. And so then on their end, are they also putting stuff out? No, there? Not at all. No, really. <laughs> yeah, they they they're, they're uh, Are they they're, hanging they're, flyers or No. Just just a mostly word of mouth. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um so you're I mean it, it it's not something that you're necessarily motivated to to plug right here and right now and say hey if you want to see me gig Well out. we have we have shows coming up. What do you what do you, uh, what do you uh, got? there's something at the uh, the 8th Street Tap Room uh in Lawrence. Okay. With the we're playing uh the Ants with the Bubble Boys. Okay. Um I'm trying to think what else I have coming up. There's some like of kind of banjo gigs and stuff. Nice. There's one out at uh I think it's called Three Trails Brewery out in Independence, a new brewery. Mm. Um, that I'm playing like a festival thing with a lot of the rural, I don't know if you've ever been to Rural Grit down at the Brick. It's on so every Monday night for almost ye, maybe thirty years or so, maybe twenty five, they've had this uh open mic night. Started at the Grand Emporium. Oh wow! Moved to the brick. It's been to the brick mostly, um, and it's open mic night, sort of roots, country, whatever <laughs> music. Um, sometimes they have a featured act, but there's always there's always the open mic aspect to it, or there's theme they? theme nights. Okay, 
Um, they cap your set at a time. Uh, if you're a featured act, it's like two twenty minute sets. Oh, but know. then there's a bunch of folks. But then there's a, you. yeah, the before, in between, after. Sure. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Know. Or there's nights where they uh, duets and trios where they just draw names out of a hat and pair you up with someone. You have like five Whoa. minutes to come up with something. <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. So I've been doing wow. that for a while now. And um, if you, you don't get anxiety. You get no. just comfortable and confident yeah. no matter yeah. what the yeah okay. or, or you're playing and and you think you're just going to be playing by yourself well you might have four people jump up on stage with you that's fun that sounds fun yeah Yeah. um so so uh this so this is not necessarily a thing where it's like um you know you you post on instagram or whatever and then later you're like Mm. disappointed that it's got 10 likes or what Mm -mm. it's just i don't i honestly i i'll i'll put up stuff like events or whatever, and then I, I'll share it every once in a while. But I never look at <laughs> who's coming or how many people or think you know allegedly are coming. Right? Was it you that? Because uh, we did our communication via direct message on Instagram. Was it you that said sometimes I forget that I have? An oh Instagram yeah, I forget I have Instagram. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like everyone. So I was like, oh yeah, like a month goes by. I'm like, oh yeah, I should look should on check here in, see yeah. what's happening. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh, so I've got a couple um, <laughs> randoms for you. Ooh. Uh, you have a, obviously a ton of playing, writing, and recording experience. Uh, what advice might you have for, one, beginner mm. musicians, mm, okay. and two, experienced musicians preparing to gig for the first time? Mm. Well, beginning beginner musicians, I would say with your with your instrument – uh play it unconventionally um if you have an acoustic guitar uh spend some time like knocking on the body of it or seeing what sound you can get out of that um looking at it even right you know but the alternate but, do you in alternate alternate tuning okay. especially banjo get into alternate tunings for sure um now do you, are you somebody in a banjo that you uh, there's there's about I don't know, seventeen or eighteen tunings that I play in. So, so across a a, a set, yeah. how how many tunings are you in and out of? Uh, maybe four or five. Okay, all know. right, that yeah. sounds kind just, of manageable. Just, just to yeah, it's just to make it sort of manageable because no one wants to hear you. Sit yeah, there I mean, it in, takes you know? a second. Yeah, and people are like, yeah. is, is and banjo meaning? banjos are are notoriously hard to tune. Uh, or, do they keep a tune for long? Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, of. but if okay. it depends how you're playing them, right? If you're like banging out on it or something, then yeah, yeah they can sure. tune pretty pretty so, easily. So, so for the beginning musician, play your instrument unconventionally. Play it unconventionally. Just kind of get around. Like I don't know, smell it, whatever right. you know. Like <laughs> taste it, <laughs> taste it. Right. You know, try to if you're playing with a pick, well, maybe use your fingers. Sure. Just to okay. something different. Okay. You know, because you're gonna stumble. You're gonna stumble into something that is going to be uh helpful or helpful valuable. to you yeah. yeah cool you might develop your own style or, so, or a style that's that you've, you you might come into a style that you feel is, is best for you yeah uh so for the second part i mean were you ex- were you nervous like the first time you were gigging i mean or do you um, have anxiety now I mean, no not the only only time i was ever really nervous was so uh, my friend Jeremy that I grew up with, when he was in the the Brank device with me, um, Brank the it was the 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 Brannock device, Brannock. which was uh, kind of kind of similar to a lot of people say that uh, a good 
reference points like the Minutemen, okay, kind of stuff like eighties post punk, like SST Homestead Records kind of stuff. Right. That's kind of what I was way into at the time, right into that. Um, he went, he moved for a little bit, and so my friend Marco Pascalini and Elaine McMillan were in the band. But the that first show where Jeremy wasn't there was kind of. That was a very nerve wracking mm. <laughs> affair because that's kind of your glue. Or oh something yeah, because like okay. yeah, you know, I've been playing with this guy for you know thirty years or whatever, pretty much, you know. But then he's we play sporadically now, but he he's in Chicago and he comes down and we'll we'll kind of get together. But sure. So for that, but, uh, but other than that, like I, I don't. It's, and I think being in the doing all the rural grit stuff has really helped with that because it's like anything goes, and I'm just kind of used to it, you know. Sure. So yeah. I'm like, and those are my favorite type of musicians that are just fearless that just kind of do. It's like, it's like, oh, we have an accordion here. Do you know how to play accordion? No. <laughs> well, I'm gonna play it anyways, you know. Yeah. And nice. they make it happen. Yeah. So, advice to the musician that's about to gig for their first time. Um. <laughs> Tear down your stuff fast <laughs> to, after you're done. To get out of there? To get Well, not to get out, but just to get off the stage. Oh, okay. Uh, especially if someone else is going yeah, yeah. after you, you know. Um, I don't know. Just be cool. Be cool. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Now, in a situation like that, Rural Grit, I mean, there's obviously a portion of all of the gear that is visible there, to the fan. Well, there's, there's one mic okay. on stage. No one's plugged in. It's all acoustic instrumentation, oh. mostly. And everyone just has their guitar cases, banjo cases, violins, whatever, like laying around the the venue. Interesting. So yeah. it's not a situation where this act has got to mm -hmm. sort of break down. And no. Then, yeah. But, I mean, you've been in gigs like that, right, oh, yeah. where it's like you got to take all of the stuff yeah. and then they got to put all their... I yeah. mean, But there's also somewhere in the mix... Uh, some some shared stuff yeah like occasionally there's some maybe shared amps gear. or chords yeah. or okay yeah. interesting um if you, I, I don't know if the big thing be be flexible that would be a, a good thing to a good rule to have i mean i've i'm a, a big uh stand-up comedy fan so yeah. i uh you know obviously folks that are in it long enough uh talk extensively about bombing and yeah. how absolutely terrifying it is, mm. but it's also absolutely necessary if yeah. you're going to keep oh, yeah. moving, you know? Um, and then there's the whole uh, notion of starting a set. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, n nowadays, in my opinion, the best comics in the world uh, build an hour worth of material mm -hmm. and put out a special and then that material is gone forever. Yeah. It's start, starting fresh. <laughs> yeah. So, so some, so obviously starting fresh is like, uh, you know, joke becomes a bit and a bit become it grows and you figure out the mm -hmm. right. And then, then you have a series of bits and then you have your, but when you have your hour and you're now you're just going through the motions, yeah. like there's this, a comic just recently was talking about, uh, the notion of, not wanting to like you know that hour like the back of your hand but yeah. not wanting to say all the parts mm -hmm. and move in the, in the exact same you still got to find a way to make it yeah. unique yeah. which i think is you know i probably translates you know to 
live performance? Oh yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, there's songs I've played for several years. <laughs> and I just have to figure out ways to make the, I, make it new, and and I don't even care for about the audience. Really, it's like just make it make it new for me, right? And enjoyable for yeah. me to play it, even, whether it be playing it in a different tuning or mm. a little faster, a little slower, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Um, so if you could visit yourself at any age, mm. what age are you choosing and are you saying anything? And if so, what? Mm. I don't know. Maybe, uh, just kind of maybe when I was like, like a late teen or something like that. Just as far as there's some other advice I would give myself, but probably as far as, you know, we're sticking with the musician music mm-hmm. part. Um, it's just just to do what I said is like just be fearless and just get up and do it, which I haven't really had a problem with, but maybe do it more so. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. Lean <laughs> yeah. a little harder. Lean a little nice. harder. Maybe get into the maybe get into the old timey music stuff a little earlier okay. than I did. Interesting. Yeah. Um, please complete this sentence for me. The world would become an immediately better place in which to live if only um, p- people bought music from musicians. <laughs> oh man, that's <laughs> meaning like at their merch stand, at their at show, their merch stand, or online, on their website, whatever. Yeah. Like like, yeah, hard copies hard, and digital, both. Okay, both. Yeah, but it, I mean, is is it a reality where you can? I can. I guess I can buy it digitally. Oh, yeah. from Bandcamp. Yeah, and I have I have physical CDs and sure. stuff. Sure, it would it would be insanely cross like cost prohibitive for me to make LPs out of like vinyl records out of any of these since there's, you know, 90 some. <laughs> right. Right. But what you're saying is like, don't stream or well, you don't, get, you can stream, but uh, like I, a lot of stuff that I stream, cause I, I like Spotify quite a bit, mm-hmm. you know, but I'll, I have those records. Okay. That I sure. To, yeah. Nice. And then if I do find something I like, I, I'll go and buy it. Uh, support yeah. the support yeah. the artists. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, you get to have lunch with anyone, dead or alive. Who and why? Mm. Lunch. Um, or coffee or a beer coffee. or whatever. With anyone alive or dead? I don't know. Someone probably. Someone probably really berserk. Like Rasputin or something. Oh like that. wow! Yeah, just something really intense. Um, somebody <laughs> had. Boy, it's I'm not gonna remember right off the top, but somebody recently, a musician, had a record by an artist, and Rasputin was in the title, oh, and, yeah. and his an image of him is the cover <laughs> art. And I was taken back to like seventh grade mm-hmm. social study where we watched like. There was a film. He was really fascinating yeah. person, but why he was part of the curriculum is still <laughs> a thing that I. He's kind of a fascinating guy. I don't very, know. very weird, fascinating. Weird, wild story. Yeah, yeah like uh, 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 an advisor or a friend to the Tsar yeah. of Russia. There's a a hilarious. I don't know if you like those like British Hammer films, like Peter Cushing and Christopher <laughs> Lee. There's a Rasputin one with Christopher Lee as Rasputin. Oh, really? Yeah, it's 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 pretty good. It's huh. entertaining. Some of those some of those movies are are pretty slow paced. Now for modern audiences like uh, the things that he was saying and doing and being like there was was there was benevolence 
to Rasputin or or no? I don't think so. Okay, I think he was a. I think he was an opportunist. I think he was just trying to get in with the royal family. Oh, okay, okay, but did he? Did somebody wind up getting poisoned? They was tried to poison him more than once. More than once, and yeah. were unsuccessful. He's been shot and everything else. Yeah, so bizarre. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> that's a great answer. Um, so front burner and back burner projects for you right now. Mm. Uh, well, we're working on new ants material. Okay. Um, we're, we've got one song recorded. Do you, you, and, so you guys get together regularly and yeah, practice yep. and where does about that once a week over in like downtown Overland park okay. sort of area. So they're all, they're not, none of them are in Lawrence. They're all the one, the drummer is okay. Yeah. But, Nevertheless, Nevertheless, you guys congregate. We all, yeah, we all congregate. And practice stuff for the purposes of recording or gigging or both? Both. Okay. Both. Because yeah. it's a different animal, right? Yeah. Like yeah. We get if we have a if we have a show coming up, we're kinda get into like let's get the set list tightened down and what's And you gonna... typically do have like a two months ish window. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then and then I think we we mostly like recording. Okay. <laughs> um now, and then that that would be something. I mean, I try to put out. I try to put out personally like ten albums a year. Dang. Um, Meaning LPs with yeah, like ten tracks. On? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and that's. And you, it doesn't take that long to. Usually, I'm done with a project in a week, ten days. Really. Or so. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, but if I, I mean, there's been times where I'm just like, I'm just gonna put my nose down just finish it get it sure you know, just keep going until it's done yeah <laughs> it's a couple days you know yeah um there's that there's a we recorded a couple uh four songs for freight train rabbit killer recently that should be coming out maybe in october that'll be on their um, stuff yeah, or your yeah, stuff on their stuff okay yeah. okay yeah now, if that's a thing where you put something out that you're a part of that isn't your stuff, I mean, is that a thing where you'll get on and, and share and say, hey, check out this? Yeah. Thing? Oh, okay. yeah. Uh, I play with uh, uh, Cat Chris Hudson and this band Goalie Washer occasionally. Okay. Um, he's 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 pretty... I think Chris Chris is the other one that Jason... Oh, yeah. Rec- yeah. And I, th- I think I reached out, but I have mm-hmm. not heard back. Uh, he's in New York right now. Okay. Uh, uh, playing music for a, a play. For like oh six, wow! Six weeks. Oh they, wow! The, the other guy he, does he have? Does he have like a? At least in the world of profile pic, does he have kind of a Rasputin-y kind of yeah. creepy looking? Yeah, picture? he does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, don't yeah. Invite hey, that guy super, over. super friendly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but that, I, they'll I, they'll probably be recording something, or I, I trade tracks a lot back and forth with him. Nice. And, and that Scott and Scott Harabko too. Okay. Kind of in the middle of doing some some songs so i keep busy yeah i mean very it (laughs) seems like um so when you're getting together uh to practice to rehearse or whatever Mm -hmm. um is it is there an agenda is there a leader is it all organic um for the well for the ants it just depends band to band sure uh, yeah for the ants it's mostly chad who's the the writes most of the songs okay um He's kind of, yeah, I, I would say he's the band leader. Okay. For sure. Um, Which is what I, I like. I like, I like, I mean, I like, that's why I have all these albums and stuff out. This is what I want to do, but I, I really love playing bass and bands. 
Okay. Like trying to add stuff to to make the song better. You sure. Know? Yeah. yeah. Um, now, you know, uh, however many folks that have given me a list, um, you know, a very surface look into mm-hmm. that album and the band's, you know, sort of history, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, it, more often than not, uh, you, you find uh, st- stuff comes up, like mm-hmm. issues crop up and people are gone or, or uh, the, the one that comes to mind often is... Um, the the span from Outlandus Diamore, the police, mm-hmm. to synchronicity. <laughs> like by the time mm-hmm. they were n- not even in the same yeah. room yeah. recording because they like couldn't stand each yeah. other. I've, um, I've never had that happen in any outfit. Any any outfit. It's any band. All I've just been. positive and joyous yeah. kind of like yeah. craftsmen here to be mm-hmm. productive. Yeah. And, Cool. It's like I don't. I don't want to play music with someone I'm not friends with. Like, cool. So. Now, what? What about if you're uh, gigging with multiple acts? I mean, and you. Have oh, you if crossed- there's some, some no, not really. Not like really. like some jerk in some other band yeah. or something like that. That usually doesn't happen. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. we, we try to be very choosy who we're okay. Playing Interesting. With, you know. Um. So yeah, I don't. I don't get that. Like people have like relief contentious relationships with their bandmates and stuff it's like that that sounds like a drag man well it sounds <laughs> like you know some uh, on an individual level like some things cropped up at whatever point in your life and they're unresolved mm-hmm. and now you're bringing it into them which is supposed to be in my uh best estimation you know a, a kind of a joyful yeah. positive yeah. fun like uh for the love of where you know mm-hmm. and then no, yeah, get that out of here, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, you don't want to make anything a drag. No, you know? no, nothing. And I've nothing. I've been I've been maybe lucky. I've never had to deal with anything. Sure, like that. sure. Yeah. So your stuff, the ants. Uh, who else do you have projects going with? Uh, Scott Rabco, Freight Train Rabbit Killer. Freight Train Rabbit Killer. Uh, what a name! Yeah. <laughs> uh, I play with Gully Washer. Sometimes record. Or record stuff with Chris Hudson. Sure, uh, Chris and I put out an album together recently, like in uh, late winter. Okay, um, you've, you've put out you put out something this month, didn't you? Yeah, I just put out like a sort of a, a Dwayne Eddy tribute. Okay, um, not not any of his songs, but of like a, a pastiche, I guess, of, of nice of, uh, style. Now, do you? Uh, and maybe you're not interested in this, but I mean, are is like traffic to the band camp visible to you? Do you see any kind of yeah? Revenue I can see all that. In? Yeah, I can see all the stats. Okay, and, stuff. and yeah. I mean, does does revenue come in on occasion? Yeah. Oh yeah, it does. Nice. Yeah, yeah. it's steady. Cool. But I, I I don't. It's been a while since I've looked at the the stats or like how many people have looked at this song or like you know they skip this song right. or they start listening to it or like right. they, you can see if they've listened to the whole thing sure. some of it or yeah. skipped it you know? yeah interesting but I haven't done that in quite a while yeah well I've got 47 other things yeah yeah because I, I just don't care no I'm just uh, putting it out there yeah you know yeah very cool I like it or not <laughs> so if somebody's listening to this or watching this and does want to check out your stuff Jason Beers on Bandcamp Instagram, Facebook. What else am I missing? I don't know. That's probably yeah. Those are probably and I think I think all the a lot of the albums are on a bunch of different streaming things. Oh, really? Like Amazon or okay. I've 
iTunes or whatever. And is Spotify, it, yeah. Is it uh, easy or difficult to get into those? I don't think so. Oh, to put them on there? Yeah. It's super easy. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. There's this, uh, I go through, I think a lot of people do, uh, Distro Kid. Yes, I've heard of it, and yeah. And they basically put up, I don't even know, there's like 30 different platforms or something they put your music up on. And it's, I mean, just yeah, cut, cut a couple su- clicks. To it's get super it. easy. It takes maybe five, ten minutes to put an album okay. up. And do they, does one have to pay to have initially? A okay, initially, yeah, but it's not that much. I think it's maybe thirty or forty bucks a year. Okay, so but cool. it's not that's that's per artist. You don't have to not per record. Right. So, right. Yeah. Uh, so any projects or gigs or, you know, social media, anything that you want to shout out before um, we get you out of here? No, just, just, uh, you know, anyone watching this or whatever, uh, just pop by the band camp and, and check it out. Yeah. There's, there's might be something there you like. There's right. a wide variety of <laughs> music and it's just, you know, thanks to albums like this, it's right. the same way. You know, there's a, a, a lot going on, a lot of a, a wide swath of material yeah. that I've always been, always been into, you know. Cool. Well, I really yeah. appreciate you stopping by, yeah. uh, you know, as the hour drew near and the rain started falling again, <laughs> I was like, God, I hope we don't lose power. <laughs> that it could be, happen. That we were just sitting here talking and yeah. all of a sudden it went dark. We've got to figure out yeah. how to get to the door, but appreciate you being here. Thanks yeah, man. For the time. Thanks for having me. All That's right. Great. Talk to you later. All right.